This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Back to the whole spooning thing, okay? Spooning thing? What the fuck I'm, are you I'm definitely spooning a girl if she has silk lingerie on. All right? Keep it on, baby. We're good. Just let me fall asleep in peace. Wow, so you're not, you're not even going... No, 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 no. You're not, not even not, taking it I'm off. Not, I'm not. She's comfortable. I'm probably even more comfortable. Let's just, you know, let's just watch a whole movie. Wow. And then hit the bed after. Honestly, yo, silk, lingerie, silk, hugging that from behind? Yes, that's comfortable, man. Did you ever sleep with a teddy bear? I didn't. Yeah, that that I, wasn't no, a thing that... that was no. I did. I don't even know one person that... That did did that as a child. Well, I don't I don't know about teddy bears, but definitely like uh, cuddling with someone wearing silk, man. But I'll, I'll take hey. it a step further with you, man. Let's let's get it dirty. This is silky and filthy, after all, man. You apparently you just like the silky, but I like the silky and filthy. You nasty yeah. man. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, all you silky studs, to another episode of Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bowen. You are on the Nux Misconduct Network. Three shows. We also got Sipping on a 40, the Quickie. Three shows that'll make your hockey life a little bit better. You know what else made my life a little bit better, Kyle? Hey, hey, hey. I went to the Canucks game last night for okay. Alex Burrow's Ring and Honor Night. You know, we're in the last month of the decade now. I'd say it's been a pretty sweet decade. We've yeah. we've, we've gone from degenerate teenagers to degenerate adults. It's been pretty sweet. And one of my favorite parts of the decade as a sports fan was watching Alex Burrows play. Oh, yeah, man. That's uh, an incredible career for Alex Burrows. I had my thoughts on the whole experience yesterday on, on the episode of Sipping on a 40. Go listen to it. Hey, maybe I'm just being too much of a pessimist, but it was hard for me to feel super emotional about the moment when, in retrospect, I should have. That, that We're talking about a, a Canuck legend. And what's special about Burroughs, outside of the big goals, outside of you know him being just a good ambassador, a great ambassador for the city of Vancouver, is that everyone else around the league hates the motherfucker. And yeah. he was ours. Yeah, no, it still makes him, you know, one of the fan favorites. And I think the fact that he's so loathed in other markets definitely makes him a fan favorite here. But it's just the ultimate underdog story. You, you see guys come through undrafted. And obviously, last night it was pretty cool to see Zach McEwen undrafted score a goal. Oh, yeah. Assisted by Ben and Tanev, also undrafted. Um, so you see these guys come around, but just no one was really like Burroughs. Like, that guy scored... More clutch goals than you would imagine. Two series clinching goals. Obviously, one of them was the biggest goal in Canucks ah, history. Man. That, Easily the that was just mentioned for the uh, 700,000th time in Vancouver over the last 24 hours. That goal, that big goal. Are you, are you sick of it? Do you get sick I, of seeing I'm sick of it. Of I'm goal? sick of it. Wow. You know why I'm sick of it? Because they, they didn't win. Okay, I asked, I asked Bondi this question. He didn't really get it. I think that he doesn't understand that, that I personally don't feel so attached to the moment anymore. 
I asked this. Okay, so the Vancouver Canucks, back in the day, 2011, blew a 3-0 series lead. Well, they didn't blow it, but kind of did to Chicago. That's why I got to Game 7. And the big deal about that game was that if the Canucks were to lose that game, that core would have been ripped apart. The best core in franchise history would have, would have just disappeared. And, and it would have been a shame because there would be no cup. They didn't get the job done. Pearl scored the goal. They made the run. They lost in Game 7. And at the end of the day, down the road, the core got ripped apart and there's no cup. So I, the way I look at it, it's like, okay, the same thing kind of happened. Again, I know, I, I understand we got the run. The city got the run. Uh, the city had uh, <laughs> had fun in that run. But I, I don't know. I, maybe I don't feel attached to it because, because I'm a podcaster now. Who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's because of me not wanting to, you know, glorify winning. Uh, losing, sorry, yeah. for that matter. You're a guy that hates to glorify teams that lose. Yes, I'm 100% that person. You know, when I was a kid, 10, 11, 12 years old, I used to love watching those, those like, anniversary episodes of that 94 team that made it to the cup final. When I got older, I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? The team lost. The team lost. The Canucks lost. They don't have a cup. And, yeah, it's hard for me to uh, feel attached to it. At the end of the day, I should just shut up. Shout out to Burroughs. Shout out to Burroughs. I'm curious. You're a huge Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah. How, how often do you go back, like, just reminiscing on that championship season? All, all the time. Yeah? You don't even know how many times I've watched this 48-minute video on YouTube. It's it's just one of those, like, NFL films that somebody uploaded on YouTube. And it's, I think its highest highest frame rate is, like, 720p, which is vintage for you kids. And I enjoy it. Yo, you, Bro, I've watched so many Aaron Rodgers highlights from that year. And I've watched the same loop over and over and over and over again. Where, yeah, if we if we want to bring it back to the whole Burroughs thing. Yes, I did watch some of the highlights yesterday that were, you know, force-fed force to me. And rightfully so. Big night. City of Vancouver. But I'll be completely honest. Didn't get the butterflies. Didn't get emotional. I was, like, running away from 2011. I, You know, I've ran away from 2011. And, you know, it kind of came back yesterday. But, yeah. Just, just kind of over it, man. Um team lost the team has no cup so yeah that that's a great start to uh the nux misconduct network in this episode wah, of, of sucky and filthy wah. what's up everybody hey let's talk about the decade okay decade last decade last decade what am i saying last year of the decade rate your decade out of one one out of ten and it better be ten man you got married yeah I, you I, finished college man, what a crazy decade not even yeah Lots of traveling too. Yeah, you know, dude. Lots you of this may be the best decade of your life. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of shit's happened. I was gonna ask you a question before we get into a little thing we like to call the three tasty takeaways here on Silky and Filthy. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite year of the decade? Oh, that's a great question. Um You know what? This may sound like something from a from a self help book, but it was this year. I'm just too too in the moment right now. Nice. I don't look great too answer. ahead. I don't look in the past, and, and that's not again to be like this fucking super optimistic dude. It's just the way I am. It, it keeps me level headed. Yeah, yeah, you know, fair it enough. is what it is. But uh, fuck, I'm I'm trying trying not to give you a boring, a boring answer. Okay, so right now, yes, I'm currently happy. I'm loving the moment. 2019's been been great. A lot of changes. Am I rich yet? No. You know, am I getting like laid every day? No, <laughs> it's not happening right now. But hey, I'm still happy. Only every second day. Be best. uh... Best year. Hmm. 
I'll give you mine. How about 2012 for me? That was okay, the first time I ever, I ever went traveling overseas was 2012. Okay. Um, my my high school girlfriend and I broke up that year. And oh. I know that sounds sad, but I just turned 19 like a month after oh, we broke up. So she did you a favor, dude. She kind of <laughs> did, did do me a favor, you know? It was, uh, in hindsight, it was, it was fucking amazing. And, Isn't it uh, funny how man, those things happen? Hard. Oh, I know. You know, when you like have your first breakup and it's so emotional in the moment, and then you get older and you're like, oh, shit. You know that was that was supposed to happen. Like obviously. Oh, for sure. Like one, <laughs> I was nineteen. One minute, it was, one minute it was sad violin. Next minute it was Tayo Cruz. You know, early 2010. What dynamite? Club. You were listening yeah. to. That? <laughs> oh, I'm just talking about the barrage in Surrey. You know, they're always oh, playing dynamite. Oh yeah, hey, shout out to Surrey, man. Trevor and I both from Surrey, <laughs> British Columbia. Oh man, just uh, yeah, it's it's interesting city. I have love for it. Hey Begsy, let's do our best down the road to put that city on the map for all the right reasons. Yeah, we will. We. For sure, we'll do it, man. I'll let you get back to me on your on your best year of the decade. Other yeah, I'm trying than, to think of it. Ask, than, me, ask me at the end of the episode. Okay, sounds good. All right, no no more cop-outs. No boring um, answer. We're going to get to the three tasty takeaways. The first one I have is about these Vancouver Canucks, the city we're in. I wanted to bring them up because it there's some fun times going on in Vancouver right now. This team is tied for third in the league in goals with 97. They're tied with the Colorado Avalanche. They only trail Washington and Boston. This team is scoring a lot. And it's, it's fun to watch. They're tied for first in five goal games. Pedersen's top 10 in points. And we're starting to see breakout seasons from guys like Adam Gaudet. And that's huge for the city of Vancouver to see a guy like Gaudet kind of coming into his own. 13 points in 19 games. You want to see if he can keep it up. But, you know, on offense, it seems like they actually have some secondary scoring now. Oh, yeah. You know, guys like Tanner Pearson and Josh Levo, they're... They're replaceable and they kind of fade away for a bit. But Tanner Pearson's well, got Tanner Pearson's got eight goals in the season. Yeah, they're streaky guys. What the Canucks have, and I'm sure many teams have this across the league, are a revolving door when it comes to their bottom six. Or not, they're not their bottom six. Their top six, and in particularly their second line. So that revolving door involves a lot of different combinations, and that gives the opportunity. And in this case, for guys like Levo and Pearson, and we're about to see Fernland and all these guys to go on streaks like this. Now, I think Bondi referred to this yesterday, but in order for a team like this to have success where the second line has question marks because of all these tweener type of players, yeah, they're going to have to get moments from those tweeny, uh, tweeny, <laughs> tweener type of players. And those right now, we're, we're seeing it. I mean, you said the stat. They lead the league in five-goal games. That's not... All Pedersen, Besser, and Miller. I mean, a lot of it is. But these these tweener type of players, these players that you can pick up on waivers or you can find in a trade for Michael Carcone. Who the hell is that guy? What? You can find in a trade for Eric Branson. I think the fair, fair remark to that is, who the hell is that guy too? Irrelevant. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, so it's happening. It's, it's interesting hockey in the city. You know, you use the word fun. I'm not trying to sound so down on the Canucks. Oh, uh, don't do it. You know, they've won two of three. So don't things things may be going up. They just can't have another month like November. We made the point yesterday. They have to be not just a bubble team, a strong bubble team. Be consistent. It's going to be tight. Be in that race. Give your fans some April hockey to watch. All right? Not, not to just watch because you want to see the latest prospect who just finished college to hop onto the team. No meaningful hockey games to win so it's going to be a depth thing for sure the canucks man the canucks do it for the city the city of vancouver deserves fun and yeah these five goal games they're fun don't get me wrong it's cool 
They suck at de- they suck at defense though. They do, yeah, and that's the big crux of this <laughs> team suck. right now. And well, that's why they're a fun team because if they win, they got to play run and gun hockey. Yeah, they gotta score and goals. I said that. I-, I remember saying that too. If your two best players are Hughes and Patterson, and this is not to take away from Hughes as a defenseman and his defensive abilities, but if those are two of your best players, and there are question marks around the lineup, your best chance to be successful, I think, is is to entertain the fans with goals and yeah. and play that high octane style and just hope that your goaltending in Thatcher Demko and Jacob Markstrom bail you out. Speaking of Jacob Markstrom in Sweden right now with family, man, what a warrior, man. His dad just passed away a couple weeks ago. He's there. <sighs> man, I, I just, I don't know how, how people do it, man. That's, yeah. that's tough, man. Shout out to all the dads out there. And oh man, that's tough, man. What a warrior. Yeah, it ain't easy, man. And it ain't easy, man. Hey, I'll, I'll, sorry to cut you off. I just remembered something, too. Okay, so I saw this tweet. I wish I had the dude's name. I wish I had the dude's name. Maybe I'll find it and shout you out at the end of the episode. But he's a Canuck fan, and he actually tweeted out yesterday that his dad passed away out of yeah. nowhere. Did you see that tweet, too? I think I did see it, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's just sad, man. It's just sad. So if you're listening to this or if I find your name, man, condolences, man, condolences. Yeah, for Go sure. hug your dad. Go hug your dad. Yeah, hug your family, man. And Straight that's, um, again, one of the reasons why I love sports. I do think it can be a tonic for, for times of pain sometimes. Exactly. Right? It gives you a little distraction from from the shit that's going on in, in the light in your life, in the world, in the news, all that stuff. That's why you, even when I went into journalism, I was always, you know, I like to tell human stories and sometimes those are negative, but I've always loved uh, reporting and talking about sports because it, it is such a tonic and uh, such a conversation started for a lot of people. And this was that's what brought you and I together here in the studio in hey, beautiful Burnaby, British Columbia. Yeah, hundred percent. Got a little uh, emotional there, but hey, man, it, we all family at the end of the day. You know, the whole Canucks community, the whole hockey community, the whole sports community. We may argue, we, we may not get along on Twitter, we may swear at each other, we may block each other. You know, but at the end of the day. It's just sports and there are bigger things. And yeah, the community, like you said, people, that dude who sent that tweet out, it's very personal, but that's obviously one of the lowest moments of his life. And maybe those messages, and I can guarantee those messages that he got back because it was a pretty popular tweet for all the wrong reasons. It it probably made him feel better, you know? Condolences, man. Yeah, definitely. And nice of you to give him a shout out, man. Got it, man. Awesome. I love my dad, man. I'm very lucky, you know? And I, I guarantee that you love your dad too, I hopefully. And you you seem like a dude that knows that you're lucky as well. Hey, and you know what? I'll, I'll tell you a story about uh, my dad and I watching hockey. Now, everyone who knew me as a teenager was like, oh, this degenerate. He's going to be downtown game seven of this Dallas Cup final. Mm-hmm. No. No, man. I was at home with my dad. I wanted to see that cup win with oh, my yeah. dad. Like that was, that was the most important thing to me. There you go. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Nowhere near downtown. Never thought about it twice going down for game seven. So mm-hmm. um, that's, that's beautiful. It was man. not up to my degenerate ways on that night. Not at all, man. Oh man, sorry, sorry to get you uh, off the grid there. I know we're probably lost track, but the Canucks, yeah, not good at defense, scoring a lot of goals. What do you have to say next? Uh, my next tasty takeaway: I was looking at the other team that's tied for the Canucks in goals. I think they're the best team in the West, the Colorado Avalanche. Now they're not tops in their division; they're not tops in the conference. But the fact they've scored the most goals, they have the third best goal differential in hockey. They've been winning games without. Ranton and Landskog. Now I know Ranton's back now, but the depth, the depth signings they made in the offseason, the trades they made are paying off. And I know McKinnon and McCarr get a lot of attention, but you got Donskoy, Kadri, Burkowski, JG Comfer. 
you know, these guys are still playing good hockey. Nachushkin scored a goal tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ended up being the game-winning goal. You know, it, it just seems like it's starting to come together in Colorado. They have Girard and McCarr on defense. And, you know, Johnson and Zadorov is kind of like the, the guys lying back. Pavel Frankuz, who that's another one. Of who the fuck is that guy? Their backup goalie's playing great. Their starting goalie's playing great. To me, like, they're hands down the team to beat in the West. And I know St. Louis might lead them in the standings. Facts, facts, facts. That's facts. Yeah, St. Louis might lead them in the standings, but to me, Colorado is, is absolutely the team to beat, and I think they've just proven it time and time again this week. And uh, just before we hopped on, another big victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's... That Avalanche team, you talked about the injuries that they were dealing with. I think Linus Cog is still out, Ratton and just came back. A big reason why they're able to deal with such big injuries, I mean, not to take it back completely to Vancouver, but... People here like to blame the way they played in November due to injuries, right? Due, due to guys like Brandon Sutter, Jay Beagle. Colorado had Landeskog and Miko fucking Ratnan out. And they were able to do it. Do what exactly? Keep pace? Stay elite? Because of how good Nathan McKinnon is. Now, Kale McCarr was unbelievable too. Nathan McKinnon, I guess you can call him a vet now, even though he's still a young stud. The dude's got experience. He's a fucking gamer. Team just rallied around him. And they were able to do what they were able to do. I'm, I'm sure that down the road, years from now, Pedersen will, will be able to weather a storm caused by a fucking Jay Beagle injury, you know? <laughs> but what Colorado did, incredibly impressive. Miko Rantanen, for, for a large part of last year, he was as good as Nikita Kucherov. That guy was out, and they did it. So Colorado, yeah, a, a very... Not only just an entertaining team. Yeah, they they seem like a special team. They also seem like a team that is ready to make a deal. To get even better at the deadline. I could see it happening. I really could. I mean, they already made a big deal in the offseason. Trading Tyson Berry and getting, in my opinion, one of the best second-line centers in the league. And Nazim Kadri because he does a lot of things. Say what you want about him and his discipline in the playoffs. I, I would love to have Nazim Kadri on my team. He's basically a Bo Horvat that's a little bit edgier. Yeah, 100%. And probably even a little bit better defensively. Yeah, 100%. A, a misconception about Horvat a little bit. Is Colorado elite? Are they going to ride the course? Are they going to be one of the most dangerous teams come April, come March? Can they do it? Yeah, 100%. I do think they are. I always struggle with that word elite because I do think elite this season really just belongs to two teams, and that's Washington and Boston. Okay. Um, I do think that that word is there's a high connotation with like you got to be pretty damn good to be elite man but silky Colorado you want to talk about silky they're the definition of silky right now man the Colorado Avalanche just killing it man I would just love to see a Colorado Vancouver playoff series come on man throw me a bone here tell me tell me you wouldn't want to see that little Pedersen versus McKinnon action Oh, man, I think we all have memories of that game still from last season. People still bring that up as one of the best moments, uh, you know, of the, of the past few seasons. That fucking one game against Colorado. Oh, you know? yeah. Derek Pouliot, overtime winner. <laughs> I remember it. I remember it. Uh, Derek Pouliot, busy getting roasted for the, the league-leading St. Louis Blues. Um, definitely one reason why uh, uh, the, St. Louis Blue, the St. Louis Blues will be tumbling down the standings. Lower than the Colorado Avalanche in due time. Um, Colorado saw us pass Winnipeg in the Central Division as well. Yo, do you remember last year when, for a large part of our sessions and of our recordings, we were trying to make Colorado cool again? 
I do. You remember that, right? Yep. We even tried getting them to sign Carlson because I believe Colorado, and we've seen it in the past, in our history, in our early viewings of the NHL, that Colorado was the coolest fucking team in the league. They were badasses. They had all the players. They had some bite to them, and they were winning games. And the city loved the Avalanche. That's what winning can do. That's that's what cups do. I wouldn't mind if that state, if that state, if that city was that rabid about their team again. Now I don't watch a lot of Colorado games. Maybe they're already like that. It, I, I I do know that they were struggling to get somewhat of a TV deal. So some some fans were actually blocked from watching yeah. the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche play, which is which is a damn fucking shame. Like, how did the NHL not step in and step in and just fix that? Quicker. I know it's I know it's out of their control really, but they should have done something. We're talking about the Colorado Avalanche once again playing in in a city where the history shows that city, which is in America, loves hockey and they have stars. So hey, city of Colorado, just just you know, love that team, support your support that team like you do, but but do it loud, be proud. Put Colorado on the map again. Make it cool. Make Colorado cool again. One franchise that's far away from being cool, despite having one of my favorite logos in hockey is the New Jersey Devils. Mm. And on the third tasty takeaway, this ain't so tasty for John Hines, but he is out. He's done. He's out. He's done. He's out of a job. We kind of talked about his coaching earlier in the season and the decision to to play Jack Hughes down the lineup, but I, I think this is just the only move that they can make, right? The Devils are so desperate right now. Look, like the Canucks, I think, are the only team who hasn't been able to figure out the Devils, you know? The Devils got two ugly wins against the Canucks, but other than that, they have seven wins on the season. If you take away those two wins against the Canucks, Taz tied with the Detroit Red Wings for worst in the league. So I, I'm not surprised about this. I do kind of wonder. Um, I do kind of wonder who's next, though, on, on the hot coaching seat ranking. Let's call it the hot butts. How hot are these butts? How Tell hot me. are these butts, Kyle? Tell me. Well, one guy I had in my mind was uh, Jeremy Carlton in, in Chicago. I know he hasn't been there that long. Chicago, they score a ton of goals, but... Nah, he's on a hot team. I don't see it. You don't see it at all? No, eh? no, no, no. I don't see it. Are we talking about hot seat now or just hot seat throughout the year into the offseason? Who's getting, getting canned? Because obviously Chicago's not making another midseason firing. This young dude and Jeremy Carlton... Chicago, let, let's be honest. They're scoring a lot of goals. They're having fun, I guess, if you want to call that fun. I, I would assume that a, that a city like Chicago with the standard that they've set... Early in this decade, they want wins. They want dubs. They still have the players who were part of those teams. They expect dubs, but their best defensemen, they're, they're, they're not the same players that they were. Now, that's no disrespect to uh, to a guy like Duncan Keith, who I think is incredible, Hall of Famer. And Seabrook, the game seems to be, you know, passing him by. Uh, what do you really expect this guy to do with that team, with that decor? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a fair point. If you're playing to your strengths, right? They're scoring goals. It's similar to the Canucks, to be honest, except they're probably a little bit better set on the back end with with, with Quinn Hughes, and I guess you could say the depth. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. The back end in Chicago, it's old, man. It's crusty. It ain't crusty, silky. Crusty. It's crusty. Crusty. Damn, that's a nasty-ass word, bro. It is a nasty word, man. It is. Man. It's just gross. Yeah, I mean, silky and filthy are both great words, but when you're when you're crusty and dusty... Well, what if we named our show Crusty and Moist? People Crust. don't like the word moist. I used to work with the dude on the radio who absolutely hated the word moist crusty and moist we definitely got a lot of perverts a lot of perverts for sure you know yeah well fuck we, start, we, start, we started the episode by talking about spooning 
<laughs> spooning the girl that has lingerie on, uh, silk but lingerie. Your, but, but yo, classy, spooning man. is romantic. You know, spooning is uh, yeah, it's it's fulfilling. You know, non-sexual in my opinion. Oh, in, it, in that sense, oh, it wasn't. Oh, it was oh, just for okay, comfort. Okay. It was just for comfort. You tell me you know, what, security. You tell me what I you, got you <laughs> in silk lingerie. Okay, I, I just imagine just like look at me, man. I'm hugging like silk around me. I'm look at the position I'm in, Trevor. I know you can't see it, listeners, but just sleeping like this. And you just got silk all around you. Oh man, that's perfect. You're telling me like you you just don't make a move at all. Like the spooning's just for the spoon. You're not you're not spooning to try to to try nah, to nah, you know. Nah, you know this is what I do, ladies. Okay, this is what I do, ladies. What the pickle? Come on, man. Come on, be be more respectful to what I have down there. Okay, so <laughs> this is what I do, ladies. All right, I'm not trying to seduce you after a spoon. I'm a cookie dinner. You know, I'm gonna take uh, you on six days, not five. I'll pay for every single day too. I'll oh, open yeah, the door for you for too. Sure. You know, I'm talking about open the door when they come to the car because I'll pick you up. You ain't you ain't picking me up. Don't worry, baby. I got you. Six dates, and then maybe you know, maybe I maybe I earn myself a kiss or something. You know, take it slow. You know, it's all about comfort. And then you know, whatever happens after that happens. This is the last piece of dating advice I'll give. Uh, well, at least for this episode, I think it's been enough uh, sexual talk <laughs> discussion. Hey, already. I'm not talking sex. I'm just talking romance, baby. I'm talking oh, yeah. love. Yeah, I'm talking straight from the heart. Trevor, I don't know about this guy sometimes, man. Seems like a bit of a dickhead, to be honest. But anyway, car carry on. I'm going to tell you this from all my all the Latina girls that I used to go to whoa, university with. Whoa, okay. You know, my Brazilian clan, they made the point and they were all in agreement that Canadian guys are too damn slow to make a move. I think uh, you've waited six dates to make a move. <laughs> you you got to hop on it faster than that, man. At least, you know, a little something. Hey, man, I just want to, you know, yeah, show... You know, I'm 26. I'm a vet now. I'm a vet. I don't need. I don't need to rush. Nothing. You know. I just want. I just want her to know, she's a fucking queen. But I guess you know, part of being, you know, part of showing her that that she's a queen is that yeah, you gotta, you know, give her a good time you too. Know. I guess you know, it's a it's a bit of a balance. I guess this is why my uh, my dating life at at the end of the decade, it's uh invisible. Oh man, you you gotta. But I don't. I'm not sad. It's it is what it is. Maybe Wait. I maybe I'm looking for, when I set up my Tinder profile and like my Hinge profile I shouldn't be putting you know ready to spoon romantically you know yeah well you know what it's it's all good the decade's coming up soon man the decade's coming up soon but we we were we were talking about potential breakups <laughs> we mentioned Jeremy Colleton you're saying he's not breaking up with the Chicago Blackhawks at least right now uh, I wanted to also mention Peter Laviolette. I have a hard yeah. time. I have a hard time seeing this guy getting fired, but he's been there a long time. Oh yeah, Nashville has been underperforming. I mean, they they got the roster where they should be doing more. Why, why aren't we talking about David Poyle too? I think David Poyle's earned the benefit of the doubt. He's made it. How so? What what are what are the bad moves that David Poyle has made? Well, the result. It's kind of is what we're seeing in Nashville. Don't you think this can this can carry on? towards the latter part of the year, the season, and carry into next season. Like, what if this is just the end of this version of the Nashville Predators? I Whose think fault they, is that? I think they got the core in place on defense to get it done. The forward group looks like it has depth, but then you got guys underperforming like Turris and Mikhail Grantland. You know, <laughs> you, you need these guys to, to step up. And Victor Arvidsson seems to can't stay like he can't stay healthy yeah what a um, great player yeah man. fuck robert pertuzzo by the way um <laughs> oh yeah that's not even his fault bro but i guess <laughs> <laughs> nobody's staying healthy after that bro <laughs> that I was fucked. the national predators though i think one thing you worry about is the goaltending oh like, yeah Pecorini and uc saros have not been good for the past month 
And you look at a main reason why the Devils have been losing, it's also goaltending. Schneider's oh, yeah. in the minors. Blackwood's under 900 save percentage. You can't... The NHL is too damn close. Everyone's too damn good for your goaltending to suck. It's just such a sore spot. And if for some reason Saros isn't the guy and Rene's not the guy anymore, then, then they're fucked. And, oh, maybe, yeah. and maybe the guy who pays the price is Laviolette. That's how I see it happening. Oh, yeah. If they don't make the playoffs this year, he's gone. He's gone. Wow, look at that, man. Um, what, one other guy. That's not even bold, though. That's that's obvious. Don't you think? Isn't that an obvious take? Nashville, after they've, what, they've, they made the Western Conference Finals? No, they made the Stanley Cup Finals. What am I saying? A couple years ago. Yeah, we, we saw it happen in Vancouver, too. Disappointing disappointing playoff appearance a year after. And then what, what's going to happen now? They might not make the playoffs. It is it is what it is. These things happen, and the coach usually takes the blame. Yeah, that's true, man. And I wonder if the... I, I don't. I, you're right. I don't think it's that bold, and I don't think it's, it would be bold to see this guy fired either, Peter DeBoer. If San Jose misses the playoffs, I mean, they, they went on a run in November. They had the most wins in hockey in the month of November. But the underlying numbers show a team that still struggled. Jones is still under 900 save percentage. Mm. You know, I, I think that butt is it's getting a little toasty. Damn, the butt is getting toasty. I don't see that happening midseason. I don't. I don't. Yeah, they'd have to go. I on, think. I, I think it could happen mm, if they were as, if they continued their bad play from October. Yeah. If if November looked bad, I think that it could have happened. Now, since they've kind of caught up, I do think that it is for that core for the age that they're at. I do think it may be too late to to fire the coach midseason. I think they're gonna have to ride it out. Gonna have to ride it out. Ride the wave. A hundred percent, man. Pete DeBoer. Uh, Peter Laviolette, are any of these guys being replaced by Babcock? I'm not even going to mention the other guy. That guy's not getting a job forever. Babcock, Ooh. I mean. You know, Babcock's done. They, he's dealt with a lot of scrutiny. I hmm. I don't know, man. It's I, I think a lot of what's happening right now is to settle down. I have a hard time. He's definitely not getting hired this season. Yeah. I, I, I'd still say he's not, he's not coming back anytime soon. I okay. would say next okay. season too. Okay. You got one more coach in the hot seat? Hot seat? Claude Julian? Was he next? Ooh, no? Claude, Claude Julian's a good one. We can talk about him. No, those, those are the main three he I could. had. I, call, I had a couple other ones, but Julian's up there. Okay, if you had the opportunity to coach the Montreal Canadiens, are you taking French classes over the summer? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, get, I'm downloading Duolingo, and oh, I'm yeah. just taking the app, doing the app on my phone. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to speak to my mom in French on the phone every night. That's so funny, man. My mom's actually fluent in French, but I, I never picked up yeah, shit. Yeah, Trevor's got the coolest mom ever. It's yeah. uh. Yeah, that's a hundred percent guarantee, and that's nothing against my mom. My mom is dope, but I can't see—I can't say she's cooler than your mom. Well, I, I'd have to see your mom dance at your wedding first. I mean, my mom was was partying pretty hard. Oh yeah, my mom will, will break it down too. Yeah, yeah, I can't. She'll break it down too. Maybe she'll earn her stripes there. Maybe she will be cooler. You know, I'll invite your mom to my wedding as well. Awesome, family man. might as well. Oh, it's gonna be a great time. My mom family loves affair. It. Get you guys a table. My mom took Bangra classes too, so she's uh. Oh, she's you said Bangra? Yeah, Bangra. Bangra, is it Bangra? Yeah, I'm not even Punjabi, so there's not going to be no Bangra at my party. Ah, oh, man. So, so my well, mom, why not? Might as well. My mom's classes went to waste, eh? But what was your first song at the wedding? It was The Lime Tree by Trevor Hall. What was, uh, well, what do you think was the biggest party song at your wedding? The one that <sighs> the family and friends, the generations, molded over. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. I can't really Cotton, recollect. Maybe Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that shit. sounds so like. Oh, that's nah, a yo, song. don't be ashamed, oh, bro. Man. I don't care. Yo, that song that's is so a funny. classic, classic. 
I've been waiting a long time. Oh, where did it come from? Where did I go? Yeah, I like that song, man. That shit's yeah. that lit. Yeah, that's one that came to mind. We Everyone's going pretty hard for that song. Okay, okay. I think for okay. Home for Us, we were all stomping around pretty good, too. Oh, shit. That song. I was so confused, man. <laughs> I was so confused. You know how you just brought up Bhangra? And, you know, that's obviously a big dance. Punjabi culture. For sure, that's being being used heavily at weddings and receptions. I'm going to Trevor Beggs' wedding, or I was at Trevor Beggs' wedding, and these guys are stomping on the ground trying to break the fucking floor. Yeah. You know, we're on top of some mountain. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I was confused. I thought a fight was about to start, but no, it was just, it was just a dance. Just a dance, man. Well, but like I said, we like to have fun. Yeah. I like to have fun in general at my wedding, and, you know, we like to have some fun on the show. So, you know, you're speaking of fun. Okay. I got a pretty... Funny story, unless uh, unless you're a devout Christian, then you might not find this funny. But it's it's hey. a pretty funny story. So it's a little meanwhile in Canadian, man. Oh, it's break a little it meanwhile up. in And it's Canadian. not even meanwhile in Canadian. It's meanwhile in British Columbia. This story oh, comes right from okay. BC, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. Each day, a busy beaver can shift ten times its own body weight. Alrighty then. I grew up in Canada. Not been around someone who wasn't high on pot for the past 15 years. Nancy, please don't trip on me, baby, okay? Did we get her done? Well, that depends. Can you go fuck yourself? Do I look Canadian? We did it because we love our country and not for any other reason, no other reason. They can throw the money uh, for the pension fund out the window, they can throw anything they want out the window. We came because we love Canada. You're goddamn right that we love Canada. You know, it's it. I love a lot of things, but Canada is pretty high up on that list. Yeah, now yep, that's a fact. There wasn't much love for the poor Comox Valley record, a small newspaper on Vancouver Island that got roasted around North America this week. What? I didn't see what happened. Oh man. Okay. Well, it, you might have seen it maybe if you watch one of the late night talk shows. Uh, I I know what made it on there. Um, so you might have heard the story already. But if you didn't, the Comox Valley record was advertising a Christmas event on the weekend for pictures with Santa. Except there was a typo. It said pictures with Satan. Oh, no. Shut the fuck up right now. Uh, so you could go <laughs> down to Callbox to get your picture with Satan over the weekend uh, for uh, during your the weekend Christmas parade there in the, in the small B, uh, Vancouver Island town. <laughs> so most people laughed it off as a joke, but one dude... Oh, shit. One what? motherfucker had to dress up as Satan uh, and go to. down to the parade. Yeah, too. Uh, so this guy went dressed as Satan. Uh, he's wearing the hat, taking pictures with everybody. and um, <laughs> People are taking photos with him. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. There's photos all over all over That's the internet old. of this guy. That's old. Uh, I give a shout out to the guy. His name was Tim Miller. And yeah, he just showed up in a Santa suit with some with his face painted and some devil horns. And uh, definitely saying some, some Christmas carols like, uh, you know, the very religious Judas Priest. You know, a little Iron Maiden, a little Lamb okay. of God. Oh, yeah. No, all the metal songs, man. All right, okay. That's a that's an incredible story. You know, again, people look at Canada, perfect place, no mistakes. Yo, mistakes happen in this goddamn place. Even in a in a place as beautiful as Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Hey, Trevor, man, you're stepping up your shit. Hey, we're all stepping up our shit here on the Nux Misconduct Network, home of the West Coast Bias, and home of this show, Silky and Filthy Satan, man, Satan. You brought up some rock bands there. Yo, why, why was it so so popular back in the day to associate so many he heavy metal acts and 
other types of other cousins of the rock genre with Satan. Yeah, I, I'm not the, a historian on the issue, but I think it started probably in like the 50s when, you know, the Elvis and the, even the Beatles, which seems crazy to think about now, they were considered devil's music in a time where, you know, Christianity and religion was still... A lot Boom of families trending. were trending. Yeah, well, a lot of families were very devout to, towards one religion. And then this Fair rock enough. and roll came along and guys were shaking their asses on stage and girls were going crazy. And it just kind of got the <laughs> reputation as this, this devilish culture. And I think the rock genre fed into that why do some human just assume the worst you know oh shit look people are fucking dancing going crazy that's that's the sign of the devil or fucking some bullshit now nah, what if it's just like some some human instinct keep k- kicking in you know when you when you're having fun listening to music you like seeing someone attracting uh, attractive on stage doing their thing you know why why can't you just uh you know act how you feel you gotta act how you feel sometimes i think that's exactly, exactly it you know well, the devil's work Sometimes you just got to let loose. You got to shake it. You got to take it off. You got to do whatever, man. Did I tell you about the story? I went Get down under a, the silk sheets. I went down a Marilyn Manson rabbit hole. I think I told you this. I almost ordered this book, too. Oh, shit. No. And it, like, I, you can only get it on Amazon right now, I think, because it was like, written in early 2000s. But um, yeah, I went down a big Marilyn Manson rabbit hole, and I started liking his music, and I, I watched all of his interviews. And yeah, it's safe to say that this dude obviously rubbed people the wrong way but he it was an i think it was an act like that's who he was that's who he is he's very in tune with who he is but he knew that whatever dreams he had he, he could just make them happen happen with provoking and getting people to talk about him and yeah he was all into the whole you guys are living in a simulation and i'm doing whatever the fuck i want and look it's working and yeah i, I got nothing against the dude Nothing against the dude. No, he made some great music. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're having a, a shitty day, you need to listen to some Marilyn Manson. Get the frustration out. Get the there anger you go. out. There you go. I think we talked about this on, a, on future episodes. Like, how do you get rid of stress? Yeah. I think listening to some Marilyn Manson is a great way to get rid of stress. I would suggest it to, to lots of people in the older generation, you know, lots of retirees. Just wake up with some Marilyn Manson next time. Just See, give it I've, a shot. I, I've never, like, started listening to him. But when I was going through all this shit, I would just bob my head to the music. But I, I, I don't know a time and place to listen to that music. Not in my life, but <laughs> yeah. Just the screamo stuff is not... Yeah. You say it's a good stress relief. I got to try that out. You definitely tried jerking off to some Marilyn Manson. Whoa, too, whoa. Right? <laughs> That's two stress Where relievers going, in one. Where are you going, man? Where are you going? Hey, that's that? a bullshit. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Trevor just messed up sometimes, bro. You know what's an awesome uh, little segue there that I didn't even realize? We were talking about John Hines being fired from the Devils, and then we talked about a Meanwhile in Canada story about Satan. How great is that, man? How great is that? <laughs> Just fantastic, man. Um, these You're guys home for puck talking bullshit. I'm going to. I want to talk about some players who have been downright saint-like so far this season in the NHL. I'm giving some love to guys who have been underrated so far. You know, we've talked about, obviously, guys like Drysdale and McDavid are lighting it up. Kale McCarr is getting a lot of attention. I want to talk about some guys that maybe, you know, they didn't quite crack the beauty power rankings, but they could be in consideration for one of the top players in the league. Do it up. Do I it will up. actually start with one guy who we gave a shout out to on um, on the beauty power rankings on Silky and Filthy. Go check out the episode if you haven't done it yet. Yeah, great top episode. 10 beauties in the NHL. We do it every month, end of the month. It's fucking beautiful. That's why it's called the beauty power rankings. Go check it out. But one guy who I think has been pretty underrated so far this season, and it's because he's playing on a mediocre team, it's Artemi Panarin. The dude is top Mm. 10 in points in the NHL. 
He's got 33 points in 26 games. He's honestly, he's carrying the fucking team point-wise. His 33 points are far and above leading the team. The next guy is Ryan Strom. Hmm. Now, credit to Ryan Strom. He's having an okay season. But, yeah, I mean, they're basically playing him like a number one center, which is crazy. Which they have to. Yeah. And, you know, he's got 23 points in 26 games. It's pretty good. Good for you. Good for you. Not bad. But, again, 10 points behind Panarin, and he's the only other guy on the team over 20 points. That just shows you how much Panarin's having an impact. Um, Philip Heedel has eight goals in the season. He's the only guy close to Panarin's 12, uh, but he's only got 10 points. But Panarin just absolutely carrying this team right now. And, again, if he, wasn't, if he was playing on a team that was a playoff team and not a 500 team you probably get more attention. Yeah, no, you're right, man. And um you got to be uh you got to be proud of the dude. Signs a big deal, goes to New York, the Big Apple, big market. And, and this is just proof, proof to the pudding. That's not the saying, right? It's proof in the pudding. What? I don't even know what the, the saying is. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding that this guy's an absolute baller, an absolute absolute gamer, and most importantly, for you Rangers fans and the GM over there, he's worth every single penny. He's that good. Wait till Ka- Capo Caco does his thing later in his career, while Panarin's still there. Yo, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a dangerous duo. Artemi Panarin, one of the best players in the show. That's not a surprise, yo. That's not a surprise at all. Not surprised one bit. This guy might be a bit surprising. I was a little bitter. He was on my fantasy team last year, and he kind of sucked. But Anze Kopitar in LA seems to have found his way again this season. And obviously, this is going under the radar because the Kings are are absolute dog shit. They're a dog shit team. They're getting like they're they're more exciting than they were a couple of years ago when they were still trying to play that grinding, sit back, uh, Corsi King, fire pucks from everywhere kind of hockey. <laughs> they're playing a bit better now. But Anze Kopitar, twenty seven points in twenty eight games. He's still doing it all. Yeah. And the problem, but the problem with the Kings, you look at this team. Kopitar is twenty seven points. Doughty's next with seventeen. Brown's next with fifteen. And then you're getting with guys who have half a point a game or less, like Alex follow with 14 points, Defoley 13, Carter 12. Like, there's just not a lot here in LA to get excited about at all. No young prospects really pushing. Uh, it's a sad year, but I, I just want to give some shout out to Anze Kopitar for doing his thing. You know, the guy's making a lot of fucking money. He's a $10 million player season, and you know he's only a couple years removed from a, a 90 plus point season and being a heart candidate. Uh, he's he's still getting it done for the Kings. It don't it don't matter to him that they're dog shit. Yeah, that's how good of a player he is. But last year he wasn't great. I remember that. He yeah, was, yeah. He was, he, a, wasn't. he was a sore spot for the Kings. I think it was just a a horrible year for the Kings, which was, you know, it, it's kind of rare for a guy like Anze to go to go through struggles with that. We're talking about the end of the decade. The Kings were just a powerhouse. It's hard being that good on a team that bad. He still had 60, 60 points last year. Did his thing somewhat. Now, this year, obviously playing better on, again, a, a bad team that's doing a little bit better. Kopitar, man. Scoring is up just in general. Not surprised that he's almost point a game. He's, he's just crazy, bro. This guy in his prime, if you want to say he's away from his prime, yeah. Unbelievable. Didn't Wasn't he nominated for the heart? Did he win it? No, he didn't. Two years ago? He won it. Yeah, didn't? no, he didn't win it. He was, he was nominated. nominated. Taylor yeah. Hall won it that Taylor year. Hall, yeah. And the Taylor year that Hall. McKinnon should have won it. Yeah, there you go. So... Great player, man. Great player. I believe drafted right after Luke Bourdon. Rest in peace, Luke Bourdon. That name was brought up a couple times. Yep. Yesterday rest as well. Peace, rest, rest in peace. peace. Rest in peace. Um, I'm going to go to next on the list. Three of five. I had five underrated guys here, so I wanted to give some love to. Okay, keep the it going. The next guy is Jonathan Ilbredo. Oh, yeah. He's having Florida. an incredible year, man. I, I'm, I'm happy you brought him up. 
he was a stud in junior, drafted high, doing his thing. He's been on a Flo the Florida team for a while. That team's always, well, not always, but it's been projected to be a good team for years and years and years. And, and it's, isn't it, isn't it kind of scary how this guy seems to be taking the next step and they have Alexander Barkov as well? That That's that's a dude who's still really, really young. Both of those guys. And yeah. Huberto, if he is actually taking the next step, man, oh, man. That that buys Florida some dubs. That, that makes them even more dangerous, especially for a team that, you know, their $10 million goaltender can't really do shit. Well, that's the problem in Florida right now. They're scoring goals. And, you know, Barkov and Huberto are leading the charge there, but they're goaltending. You know, Bobrovsky has the second lowest save percentage in the league among among all goaltenders. Only Jonathan Quick is worse. He's got an 884 save percentage. That's almost what, like $16 million combined? Yeah. That's and if, a lot if you throw in Carey Price in there with goaltenders that have an under uh, a 900 save percentage, that's 25 to $26 million. Yeah. Goaltenders in the bottom of save percentage. I, I know you want to stick on Huberdeau, but damn, that that's just such a telling stat. What is going on? Can these goalies stop pucks? Like, what's going on? I know they all realistically, well, Florida does have does have a pretty good team, not going to lie. The other two, pretty bad teams. Those guys were so good. Again, early of the decade, we're talking about the decades. Those guys were good, quick in price. Bobrovsky's been good for a while, and, and for some reason this year, they can't do shit. Yeah, and a quick, quick's a different story because I think he needs to re rely on athleticism and his body just can't do it anymore. 100%. Bobrovsky, I think he's going to rebound, but he's a, he's a streaky goaltender. I know people can point to consistency in Columbus, and I'm going to point right back to the playoffs and say until last year, he had a lot of shitty playoff performances. People can point at the playoffs, they can point at the consistency, or they can point at the Veznas. He has two of them. Yeah, that's impressive in his own. But yeah. Yeah, he's he's got to show them. The he's playoffs, holding though. Florida back. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's holding Huberdo back. More people would be knowing about Huberdo if if Bobrovsky would make twenty more saves this year. You know, just that team has the ability to be very very scary. Again, we're talking about Barkov and Huberdo. Huberdo taking the next up. Barkov, he just graduated finally from being the, the the what the most underrated player in the league. He he's fucking elite. He's amazing. We brought up Kopitar right before this. Kopitar in his prime, Barkov, uh, not completely similar, but... No, there's hey, there's similar yeah. players. Actually, yeah. I don't mind that comparison one bit. So, that's what Florida has. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a damn good one-two punch when you're talking about your top six. Like, really fucking good. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I think that's a great point there. Um, I still would love to see the Florida Panthers miss the playoffs and move to Quebec, and then, then we could talk about the okay, playoffs cool, for you cool, guys. Okay, cool, so. cool, cool, cool. Um, that's that. That's a topic for another day, though, man. I got to go to St. Louis for the next underrated guy. And this is Mr. Suitcase for the, today's NHL. But David Perron, he leads the team in scoring with 28 points in 29 games. Damn. This guy was shipped out of St. Louis three times or reacquired three times. He's been all over the the place. Had a great playoffs last year. and He's just a good player. But you, you, you don't think of him as like a point-a-game leading no, team kind of guy. No, you think about him 50 points, 60-point guy. He's got more points than JT Miller like this season, you know? Like, think about how much we're talking about JT Miller in this market. Yeah. Would you rather have, rather have JT Miller or Perron? I think people are going JT Miller. But the two are posting extremely similar stats, and they're extremely similar players. Yeah. You know what? That's a good... I know we might get knocked for this, especially this being on the Nux Misconduct Network. Once again, the Nux Misconduct Network. 
we may get knocked for this, but David Perron, JT Miller, how they're playing this year, yeah, great comparison. Uh, what, the two times the Canucks have played St. Louis, ironically, the two times I've watched St. Louis play, David Perron, on one of those games, in one of those games, afterwards, I named him the biggest piece of shit in the NHL next to Brad Marchand because this dude, he'll get under your nerves, he'll slash you, he'll hit you, he'll chirp you, and he'll also score bingos or get points, make things happen. He's doing that good. Now, we did see it last year in the playoffs, and in a couple years or the year before that, he did it in Vegas. Yeah. He's been good. Yeah, he, he's been there. He's really found another gear in his game at the latter part of his career. Still relatively, you know, he, he's showing that he, yeah, he's, he's 31. He's going to stick around for a bit longer. G- good for him, yo. Good for him. St. Louis is lucky to have this dude. Not a lot of players are like David Perron. Yeah, and so David Perron really, I, I'd say in the last three seasons, has just found another gear. He had 66 points in 70 games for the Vegas Golden Knights Boom. when he went there. Last season, he was injured for quite a bit, but he had 46 points in 57 games. And then this season, boom, he's a point-of-game guy. Unbelievable stuff from David Perron, the St. Louis Blues. He is also playing with Ryan O'Reilly right now. And they needed guys to step up with Tarasenko out of the lineup pretty yeah. much all oh, year. bro. So, but, what and a it, job well done. Yeah, and it's come from the veterans. That's why I have to get... I know we kind of knocked St. Louis saying that Colorado, yeah. or I knocked them saying that Colorado's the better team. And I don't think that's a stretch by any means. But you, you got to give the vets in St. Louis credit. Like, not only are they not showing a cup hangover, but right now, it's it's the veterans who are leading the team. Jaden Swartz, Braden Shen, David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly, those four are all having great seasons. It's actually the rest of the Blues roster where there's a drop-off. After those four guys, our next leading scorer is Ivan Barbashev with four goals and 13 points. Um, that's actually, well, not mentioning Petra Antle on defense, but among the forwards... Barbershev's next, and he doesn't have great numbers this season. So it's it's the it's the big guys or the veteran forwards up front who are getting it done. No, that that's a fact. And St. Louis, they're just yeah, they're they're still that team that after winning a cup, after what they did last year, after bringing in rookie goaltender Jordan Bennington into the fold, and pretty much yeah, they did go from worst to first. They're still surprising me. Especially with the Tarasenko injury. Now, Jordan Bennington, I just saw a little thumbnail. We talked about struggling goaltenders. I do believe that this dude, he, he wasn't just happy with the Stanley Cup. He really wanted that Calder, and now he's going for the Vesna. Yeah, no, he's and he used that as motivation. I oh, think. yeah. You, you, How? You, that doesn't, what type of, like, this dude's mindset is, is incredible. We saw it. We saw the fucking memes. We saw the gifs. This guy was winning playoff games. Playoff series. After being an AHL goaltender forever, and this guy wouldn't celebrate. You know what I'm saying? He wins the Stanley Cup. Again, AHL goaltender. The dude's story's crazy. Wins the Stanley Cup. Loses in the Calder Calder Trophy uh, award, whatever, to, to Pedersen. He seems bitter about it, and yeah, like, like I said, this year, he wants to go back to Vegas, man. <laughs> yeah, he's going for the fucking How much Vesna, money, dude. No, it's incredible how he's been able to still find a lot of motivation. Again, Jordan Biddington, yeah, look at the save percentage, 925. Hey, man, you want— Look where St. Louis is. This dude's elite. He's, well, he's the main reason for their success right now. I know I talked about the veterans scoring in St. Louis, but overall, they're not the most offensive team right now. It's the defense and the goaltending getting it done, and Jordan Biddington is a huge part of that. He's been monumental to, to their success. You want to wet some West Coast bias, man? I'll throw three— uh, Three Vesna front runners right do it, now. Do it up, do it up. Jordan Bennington, Darcy Kemper. 
Oh my god. And right now the winner would be Connor Hellebuck. Look at the evolution. This is this is when you know it's the end of the decade. Those three guys, Kemper and Bennington, especially. Yeah, that's who would have thought that a year ago that Kemper and Bennington would be front runners for the Vesna this season. It is what it is. It and happens, man. This is that's one of those goaltending is voodoo categories right there. No, 100%. Unbelievable. Man. 100%. A shout out to the West Coast buys. That actually may be the top three. Yeah. If, if you know, those Eastern voters. Well, know, yeah. They, they want to do justice to the West Coast. If And if you look at uh, save percentage, I'm probably discrediting Tuka Rask a bit. Thomas Grice is up there. Um, but Bennington, Kemper, and, and Hellebuck, they're top guys. And you know yeah. what? I had one other guy for the underrated series, but he's from the East, so I'm going West Coast bias. Okay, what about let's go. What about Darcy Kemper? Oh, bring League him up. leading 936 save percentage. Bring, uh, this is like the Devin. Bring him up. This is almost like Devin Dubnik all over again in Arizona. You know, now, you know, except they may not trade him this time. It looks like he's there to stay. You know what? I said, oh, because I was about to go off. And I was like, yo, that guy plays for the Arizona Coyotes. And I spent a large part of last year hating on the Arizona Coyotes because I read a book and it inspired me to have the Arizona Coyotes, a team that's been on sale for forever, done their thing forever, NHL saved their asses forever. They had that letter, no more excuses, still sucked. I wanted them to get out of Arizona and come to Canada. All right, and now they're proving me wrong. And I do remember saying this. I said this and I will own up to it. If any Arizona fan is listening to this and you've been a fan of Silky and Filthy, DM. DM the Twitter account at Silky and Filthy or Nux Misconduct or Kyle Bowen. That's B-H-A-W-A-N. Or Trev Beggs. Plug. If the Arizona Coyotes make the playoffs, the, the, the only Arizona fan or the first Arizona fan that actually DMs us, I'll buy them a jersey. Wow. Yeah, because I, I owe it to them. It, it is what it is. I said that in the beginning of the year. I, I'm going to stand by it. Arizona is... They're not proving you wrong. They're not proving everyone in the hockey world wrong. They are proving me wrong because, again, this is a team that... I've seen year after year after year just come up with excuses. Now, injuries played a big part in, in why they weren't successful last year. It's hard for me to play that card when that team's just been unsuccess unsuccessful for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, just um, Darcy Kemper. If he, yeah, if he maintains a 930, damn, Arizona? Vesna winner? Darcy? His name's Darcy? What? Darcy? People in Arizona are going to name their kids Darcy because of this dude. That name is making a comeback. Yeah, Damn. If I, if I was in Arizona right now, my kid would be uh, Austin Darcy Beggs. There you go. <laughs> wow. Oh, the love for Arizona, the man. West I love Coast it. bias, baby. This I is, like it. This is home of the West Coast bias, man. Let's go. Let's. We should do a little silky and filthy road trip. Go down the coast, see some sights. I was down the coast recently, man. It wasn't so bad. You know, Oregon, California, Washington. Uh, I haven't been to Arizona before, though. Oh, I've not man. hit oh, Arizona. Man. Hey, man, if we, if we want to do that road trip... And we're going to have to make some money, which means, yes, which means we're going to have to run an ad. When we're back, let's do it, man. Let's let's figure out what was the most important year. Okay. Decade. Okay, there let's we do go. that. Okay, you're listening to Silky and Filthy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bullshit and pumped up and bullshit. 
Welcome back, all you silky studs. We're here on Silky and Filthy, wrapping up another episode, one of the last episodes of the goddamn decade. And before we end it, <laughs> we're trying to figure out what Kyle's favorite year of the decade was. Oh, and now, man, I need help with this, man. I know I know. we're pretty much ruling out 2011 because the Canucks broke you. They broke your spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty twelve. I don't know. I picked twenty twelve. I thought twenty twelve was a pretty good year. You and I, hey. we started partying together that hey, year. Hey, that's true. Twenty twelve. If it wasn't for twenty twelve, I would have never met Trevor. We would have never partied together. We would have never bonded, made this friendship possible. You would never be listening to this. Is twenty twelve the most important year of the decade for me? Is it? I'm trying to think. Twenty thirteen. What happened in twenty thirteen? You turned twenty. I turned 20? Yeah. yeah, I turned 20. Cool. Where did I where did I party? When I was when I turned 19 in 2012, I went to stations in Guilford. Shout out to Guilford. When I turned 20, I have no idea where Wheelhouse? I was in 20. No, no. Where was that? 20, it was somewhere. Oh, it was uh no, was it 560? It might have been 560. Who knows? 21. That's what, 2014? Bro, I'm I'm getting old. I'm losing memory. How can I know the most important dec- uh, important year of the decade if I can't remember shit? 2014, I don't even know what the fuck was going on. 2015, was that when I became single? Was that the most amazing year of the decade? I don't know. 2015, nice. Um, this, year, this is the year I moved in with my wife. Oh, there you go. Look at the fucking irony with that. Um, 2016. You were Man. definitely not watching hockey, so what the fuck were you doing? Hey, exactly. I was just listening to a lot of music. You know, discovered marijuana. <laughs> discovered. Oh, uh, we found Kyle's favorite year of the disco- decade. Honestly, that might be the, my most favorite year because if I if I look back at 2016 and that's when I kind of kind of tried again in life or began to try in life, I would say actually for the very first time to really go out on my own and do my own thing and figure some shit out again, smoking some weed, finding all these homies that made music. So I would just like in multiple multiple studio sessions sparked the imagination i dropped out of school in 2017 again um yeah d- around that time you know what i'm gonna say 2019 again it's not even just because of the wow, moment that, you, you know copped what? after all this after you all that out, man. after oh all that God. i'm gonna cop out because 2019 is when you know we we came here to the nux misconduct network the network you're listening to the network that you're now going to subscribe to Wait. okay one one tap what was the other word? One swipe. <laughs> a click if you still use the... A click uh, if you still use the desktop only. Yep. Boom, bam, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can make your hockey life just a little bit better. 2019 is also the year that I went to Colombia with the homies in Colombia, baby. Woohoo! Was that a great time? Beautiful part of the world. Beautiful people. Beautiful water. Beautiful food. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I like that. And again, I'm living in the moment. Yeah. 2019 was amazing. Uh, we barely talked about 2018, 2017. You know what? It's 2016 or 2019. Another big thing that happened in 2016 was I started reading books. Oh, you learned to read in 2016. Yeah, I learned. Nice to, that's when I read my first book ever. That's wow. not even a joke. And I'm not talking about coloring books or even like little story books in fucking library class in elementary. No, like I actually read a legit book for the first time in my life. So yeah, maybe maybe it was. Uh, it's either between 2016 and 2019. Okay, you, you well, pick, you I'll, pick one other than this year because you got married in 2012. What's I got, third, I got married in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so other than yeah, 2019 and 2012? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like this year and 2012. You pick another year. It's a decade, baby. A lot of good things happen. Man, man, oh man. 
20, hmm. Yeah, I got lots of good ones. Like 2016 was honestly a pretty good year for me too. You know, I, I graduated university. Yeah, I went back back to Europe with the boys. Okay. Um, yeah, first full year, me and uh, me and Hannah living together. Incredible. Yeah, Beautiful. That, that that year had some highs and lows, but I think 2016 was like a like a life changing year for me. Like a lot of crazy shit happened in 2016. Yeah, man. So life, be life's beautiful. Life's beautiful. Um, yeah, man. I'm excited for the new decade. It's not even January yet. We're talking about. We're talking like it's fucking New Year's Eve. It's tomorrow. been ten years, man. It's been ten years that yeah, we're, that we're recapping great. here. It's a it's lot. It's been great. You know what? I had this vision. You know, when 2016 happened, and you know, my mind started going everywhere, and I, you know, I was just imagining real life again, and, and had goals again. I had dreams that you know, when the uh, the ten year high school reunion would uh, would happen, that I'd pop out of a helicopter with the homies, okay? Now, I'm not on pace to make that happen, let's be real, okay? Unless you subscribe to the network, you know, and follow us on Twitter and help some brothers out. Maybe we could do that. Maybe we can get the views up and help, I can show up in a helicopter. Kyle jump out of a helicopter I'll in jump Arizona Coyotes jersey. Oh, man. There we go. Oh, That's man. what I'm oh, talking man. about. There you Maybe go, we'll man. even talk about the Coyotes on some upcoming episodes. Hey, we, we got a couple great ideas lined up for end of the decade episodes. We're gonna do the top beauties of the decade that's going to be pretty sick. We're also going to do top storylines of the decade as well. Um, it's, there's going to be some great content, so keep tuning in. Keep Silky tuning in, Silky, baby. The Nux Misconduct Network. And until then, Kyle, listeners, we'll catch you filthy bastards next time. Woohoo!